biology. 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 Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the HSC Biology Podcast. Today we are looking at technologies and disorders, and in particular the inquiry question, how can technologies be used to assist people who experience disorders? Now we're going to look at a combination of dot points today, as the last few dot points in Module 8 kind of cross over. And the first one is explain a range of causes of disorders by investigating the structures and functions of the relevant organs, for example, hearing loss, visual disorders, loss of kidney function, and the second one, continuing on from that, is investigate technologies that are used to assist with the effects of a disorder, including but not limited to hearing loss, cochlear implants, bone conduction implants, hearing aids, visual disorders, spectacles and laser surgery, and loss of kidney function dialysis. So today we are going to start with hearing loss, and hearing loss is caused by a few different things, and there are a few different types of hearing loss. But it asks us to investigate the structures and functions of the relevant organs in the dot point. So we're going to take a look at all of the structures involved in the ear. And it certainly helps to be able to look at a diagram when I'm explaining this. Um, and hopefully by the end of it you should be able to draw a basic version or at least label one. So the best way to explain the structures of the ear is probably just to follow the path that sound takes to get to your brain. So let's do that now. When you hear a sound, you have an outer part of your ear with all the skin folds, um, and that's called the pinna. And the pinna, its job is to funnel that sound into the ear canal, and we call that ear canal, or the whole, the auditory canal. Now, once the sound is moving down that auditory canal, it's going to reach the eardrum. Um, you might also call it the tympanic membrane. Now, that tympanic membrane is kind of like a large, almost like a drum skin. That's how I like to think of it. And it has the ability to move forward and backwards. Now, it's attached to three very important bones. Um, you might have heard them called the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup, or the malleus, the incus, and the stapes. Not sure which one you'd prefer to use, but that's up to you. I'll probably use them interchangeably, so I do apologize if I uh, confuse you a bit. So those three bones attach to that drum skin to your uh, eardrum or your tympanic membrane. And when it vibrates, it also moves those bones kind of like a lever. Now, the job of those parts is really to amplify the sound coming in because the three bones, which are attached to that tympanic membrane, on the opposite side are attached to a, a much smaller membrane. It's very similar to the eardrum, but it's much smaller. And that's attached to the bottom of the stirrup or the um, stapes. And its job is to further transmit that sound into the cochlea. Now, because we have a large surface area in the tympanic membrane and a much smaller area in the oval window, which is what the stapes is attached to, what's going to happen is when a sound wave hits our eardrum and moves those three bones, it's going to cause that oval window to really experience a significant movement. And that means that you can hear very quiet sounds and amplify them to make a very loud noise. And so we're taking advantage of surface area here, which is something you might have done in year 11 quite a bit. Now, as the oval window is moving in and out, it's creating a pressure wave inside the cochlea. And the cochlea is where we're going to be detecting those sounds. Now, the cochlea has a very important organ in there as well, called the organ of corti. Now, the organ of corti is very complex, and it certainly helps to look at a diagram when you're trying to understand how it functions. But for the most part, it is easy to understand the organ of corti kind of like a large rolled up piano. Now, just like your piano has high notes and low notes, 
so too can your ear detect high notes and low notes. Now the way your organ of corti is structured is that the high notes are all detected at the end closest to the oval window. So if you're thinking about a snail, think about sort of the snail's head or the start of the shell. That's where you're going to be detecting those higher pitch notes up to around 20,000 hertz. Now as that pressure wave is created by that oval window, it will create very specific frequencies which move through your cochlea and the fluid in your cochlea will then vibrate at a specific frequency, stimulating the organ of corti at that particular range. And so if you hear a really low note, um, you know, around 20 hertz, that will be stimulated at the very end of the snail's shell, if you're thinking about, you know, a big swirl, that's at the very end. So from around 20 to 20,000 hertz is our detection range. And just like a big piano, I just imagine when you hear a sound, it's playing that piano in your ear, and the hair cells are being stimulated to put all those sounds together as an electrochemical signal, which will go off via your optic nerve to the brain to be interpreted. And so that's probably the best way to think about all of that. Now, as that oval window is moving in and out and creating that pressure wave and stimulating the organ of corti, there needs to be a release or a release valve. And so on the other side of your cochlea, at the bottom part, there's something called a round window. Now, this is another skin flap, similar to the drum skins we've spoken about before. But just think about this like, as you push on the oval window, there has to be some give. It's like squeezing on the bottom of a drink bottle, the top will kind of bulge a bit. Well, if you push on the oval window, the round window will kind of move out a little bit. And vice versa, if you pull on the oval window, the round window will move in a bit. And so the idea is that through the oval window and the round window, and the idea of this pressure wave being created in the cochlea, you are stimulating different parts of the organ of corti to be detected by the hair cells in your ears, kind of like a giant piano, and those electrochemical signals will then be sent off via the optic nerve to the brain to be interpreted. All right, so that's the structure and function of the ear. And now we're going to talk about the causes of disorders in the ear. And there are two main disorders we mentioned. The first is conductive hearing loss, and the second is sensory neural hearing loss. Now the first one, conductive hearing loss, is when you have a problem with the outer or middle ear. Now the outer ear is everything from the pinna up to the tympanic membrane. The middle ear is everything on the inside of that ear from the tympanic membrane up to the oval window, and the inner ear is considered the cochlea and everything inside. So when we talk about conductive hearing loss, it means that something's gone wrong with your ability to conduct that sound into the inner ear. So your outer ear has some damage or your middle ear has some issues as well. So the main causes of conductive hearing loss include things like the malformation of structures. That is the incorrect structure for transmitting the sound. You might have a perforated eardrum, which could be due to a very loud sound. There might be infections in the outer or middle ear, which can cause damage or a change to the function. You might have damaged ear ossicles in other trauma, such as those loud noises. And you might have some hardening of the stapes bones as well. So anything that inhibits the vibrations moving through to that inner ear is going to be considered conductive hearing loss. Now sensory neural hearing loss is where you have damage to the inner ear, and that is, as I said before, the cochlea and everything inside, including the organ of corti. And once again, there can be similar causes for this type of hearing loss. Damage or malformation in the inner ear again. It could be noise exposure. Again, loud noises continuously can cause damage. 
Heredity plays a big role as well, so there could be some genetic conditions. Infections also could play a role. Tumors, aging, medication, and birth defects also can be the cause. All right, so that's sensory neural hearing loss, and it's probably a good idea to have just a few solid examples that you could use as an answer in an exam if you had to. Now, the easiest ones are probably going to be uh, damage caused by loud noises, which is relevant for both conductive and sensory neural hearing loss. Another one is infections, which is relevant to both, and heredity could certainly play a role in either. So they are probably the best examples to use if you have to give one in an exam. All right, now we're going to jump down to the next stop point, which is taking a look at technologies that are used to assist with the disorders we just spoke about. So we're going to start off with the cochlear ear implant, and that is to assist with the disorder of sensory neural hearing loss and that is going to be issues with the inner ear. Now it can be complete hearing loss and it can be you know slight hearing loss but it's something wrong with the inner ear function where the electrochemical signals aren't being sent off to the brain. So the way the device works is that on the outside of the ear sits a sound processor and the sound processor is taking information from the environment and converting it into an electrical signal. Now that's moving off to a transmitter that sits on the outside of the skull and that transmitter is connected to a receiver that sits inside the skull. And this actually has to be put into a section of the skull that is actually, uh, they actually make a, a small hole in the skull for this to fit in. Now once the receiver has that signal, it will once again convert that signal into an electrical message which will move down a wire to an electrode. Now the electrodes are actually inserted into the cochlea. Now when they're inserted into the cochlea, they're actually pushed through the round window. So you might remember me talking about the round window before as being the, the valve for the outlet of the cochlea. Now as that electrode is pushed into the cochlea, it is pushed around the big swirly snail shell or the piano until it gets to the end. Now that electrode is very specifically made so that it has 22 individual sections which are able to stimulate the cochlea at different points. Now just like the piano I spoke about before, this is the same sort of thing, but it only has 22 segments. And so you can imagine that the quality of sound coming in is going to be far less detailed than what you can usually hear with the thousands and thousands of hair cells that you have. And so the cochlear implant isn't a perfect replacement for hearing, but the idea is when that signal comes in via that sound processor across the transmitter to the receiver down to the electrodes, it will once again stimulate the sections on that long piano or the organ of corti to send an electrochemical signal off to the brain. All right. The second device we're going to look at now is called the bone conduction implant, and that is used to improve or assist with the conductive hearing loss disorder. Now the way this device works is that on the outside of the skull, once again, it's a sound processor and that's going to be taking in sound from the environment and it's going to then send that signal using an external magnet to an internal magnet. Now the internal magnet is going to be attached to the skull via a titanium implant and the idea is that this implant is actually going to vibrate forward and backwards and actually vibrate the skull itself. Now, if you know anything about sound, you know that sound actually moves through a solid much better than it does through air or through water. In fact, I often get my students to put their ear on the desk and I get another student to tap at the other end very lightly and they can hear the sound very clearly. In fact, it sounds extremely loud. And so that's the idea behind this. The internal magnet moves forward and backwards based on the interpretation of the message it's getting from the external magnet. It then vibrates the skull at a particular frequency. That vibration travels down the outside of the skull 
and it actually makes its way all the way to the cochlea. Now the cochlea is attached to those bones and therefore the vibration travels through the cochlea to the organ of corti. And once again we get the organ of corti being stimulated at specific frequencies and that electrochemical signal can then be sent off to the brain. So that's for conductive hearing loss and it's a very good way to get past the outer and middle ear issues. Now the last device I'll mention today is the hearing aid. And the hearing aid is a lot more simple than the other two devices and it is used to assist with conductive hearing loss and sensory neural hearing loss. So it can be used for both. Now its main role is simply to amplify the sound coming into the ear. So once again it has an external processor which is taking in sound from the environment. It's then amplifying that sound and sending it down a wire to a speaker that sits in the ear. Now that speaker, just like a, an AirPod or, or a set of headphones, is amplifying that sound and making it louder. Therefore the tympanic membrane moves more, the bones transmit that signal at a greater amplitude, and therefore the pressure wave inside the cochlea is greater. And so it can be used to improve both those conditions. All right, that's it for today's show, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. As always, make sure you check out STEM Reactor at stemreactor.com.au if you need anything for biotechnology in your schools. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash hscbiologypod. See you next time.